welcome back to Draco's Den. And if you're listening, I'm sure you've read the title already. And you are probably questioning, if you've listened to the last month of shows, why I'm doing another one. And um, this is not by choice. This is a result of my brother being a bit of a dick. So... Frequent uh, guest on the show, Jeremy, my godbrother, decided he doesn't want to watch AEW himself, but he wants to keep up with what's going on and in the process torture me by making me watch this shit and go over it. So, he did what I've been needing people to do, but didn't necessarily want them to do for this reason. He subscribed monthly, so he's making his monthly contribution to the podcast solely so that I have to review this shit show. And therefore, I have to review this go-home edition of Dynamite. And assuming I find some form of way to watch it that doesn't involve me paying them, I have to review Double or Nothing. And, um... I'm I'm going to be quite perfectly honest that this is, you know, tantamount to nails on the chalkboard for me to have to continue doing this. Now, you know, the previous month I did out of spite because of an accusation thrown away. And now I did it because a paying subscriber has now requested it. Which does, you know, bring up the point that, you know, if one chooses to subscribe to the show, you do get say so on topics. You get to request a topic and I'll find a way to go along with it. That being said, I would like dear brother to know that there's no way in the blue fuck I'm going to do this every single week. Okay? I don't care which compliments you pay me. You can say that I'm more entertaining than Jim Cornette, which, by the way, dear brother, I say is a lie. Honor or for me to be compared, but I'm not Cornette. I don't quite have his gift for words. He's got a solid 30 or so years on me more in life and in experience to, for me to be, you know, on his level, but no way in hell I'm going to continue to do this because as I've illustrated quite clearly over the past month, I hate this damn program. I pretty much hate everything about it. Even when I find something to like about it, I end up hating it because they can't get out of their own damn way. I have glanced at results um, as they sprang up, and we know how I do. And there are a lot of really stupid segments on this go-home show. But let's face it... um, it's a really stupid program. It's a really stupid pay-per-view that we're going into. Um, I mean, hell, let's just be honest. I haven't enjoyed watching this product at all. Bits and pieces here and there, and there's just there's a lot of shitty buildup here. You have the football field fuckery has to make its return because, again, this promotion can't look at something and say, you know, this was actually really shitty when we did it and we don't need to try it again. We need to find something else. 
So that has to make its return. And the question becomes, who's going to dive off of a fucking forklift or a balcony or whatever this time and, and concuss themselves and then go completely fucking stupid while they're at it? Yes, that was a nice little shot at, at Matt Hardy. I don't know if that was in the football field fuckery match, but it, let's just be real. I'm expecting someone to hurt themselves doing something stupid, being that I also have to apparently backtrack a little bit on Chris Jericho and the fact that I thought that him wearing the elbow thing was pretty fucking stupid. Apparently, the old man somehow did hurt himself falling into a fucking crash pad with the cardboard metal plates on it. So, in a correction to that previous show where I did mention that stupid-ass elbow brace looking really stupid considering that soft-ass fall, sorry, apparently Chris Jericho did fuck up his elbow in that fall that was unnecessary, stagey, and fake as fuck. Who would have thought? And I have no expectations for Double or Nothing other than most of it to be a shit show. I will make a couple of predictions here based on the matches that I remember will be happening. The main event, the world title match, the triple threat is going to fucking suck. I don't expect Kenny Omega to lose, although I wouldn't be surprised if he did, because why not put the belt on pockets? I honestly don't expect them to be smart enough to try and put it on, on pack, because that would mean, you know, authenticating the fact that dipshit's not really the greatest wrestler in the fucking world, right? But if they did, either way that match goes, I won't be surprised, but I'm, I feel reasonably certain saying Kenny Omega is going to retain that. And I'm still not going to give a fuck about your title or your fucking promotion. Cause look at the dipshit that you have as the face of it even looks, he's nothing. He's not even appealing to look at. He just look, he has a really fucking punchable face. I'll give him that. He has a really, really punchable face. Um, I predict that Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo will have a semi-decent match solely because Cody generally knows what the fuck he's doing, but it's probably going to have a shitty ending, probably as a result of that stupid-ass gut punch somewhere in there, and it's what little they might accomplish with the match is going to go to shit once that punch is hit, because it sucks. Um, I predict that the Young Bucks tag match is going to be a typical Young Bucks match with combined with, you know, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're facing Moxley and Kingston. So combined with a lot of garbage deathmatch bullshit. Yes, I'm going to steal some terminology here from, from Jim Cornette, because why the fuck not? Um, that's what I'm expecting. I think the women's title match might be fair to decent, but no one's going to give a fuck. Hopefully Britt Baker goes ahead and takes that, but the other part of me kind of is like, well, what the hell is the point at this stage? Can you really redeem yourselves? Who are you going to give her as a challenger that anyone will give a shit about? And the answer is absolutely no one because the dipshit that's booking the women's division is the dipshit holding the world title. So Twinkle Toes will decide, hmm, let me go pick another random Japanese star with no fan base in America, really, and throw her at Britt Baker and, you know, oh, I haven't seen Riho in a while. You know, the first champion that nobody knew who the fuck she was. And she just, yeah, you know, like, I, I can see Riho coming back and challenging. Whereas, personally speaking, I'm still wondering why Nyla Rose is 
reduced to the YouTube show when she was the best thing y'all had going in that division and none of you were smart enough to know what to do with her. You have, you decided to try to be progressive and, you know, you allowed a openly, you know, transgender woman to come in and wrestle in the women's division, which I have no problem with. She's a woman. And you didn't know how to tell her story. You didn't know how to tell her story and use it. If you needed her as a heel, lay up the fact that she was born a man. And transition to a woman and just have her dog walk all of these little girls until you finally find a baby face that the crowd connects with to struggle and fight and finally overcome the monster. Or if you want to build her as a baby face, which would probably be the smarter way to have done it, you tell the story of her struggle. You hype her up and then you have her dominate the little ones so she should absolutely just cakewalk over the likes of Riho and probably Sheeta and then you use in this case a heel Britt Baker with a lackey or something to you know get some heat on her they weren't smart enough to do that and now they've relegated her down to AEW Dark or whatever the fuck their YouTube shows are called haven't seen her on this program since I started watching, and that disturbs me. She's good. She was good in the ring. She had a pretty good sense of, you know, how to do this shit. The only thing that was hindering her during her reign before she lost the belt to Cheetah was honestly the fact that they kept working her with these extremely green women like Chris Statlander, who is still green as fuck. And I realize she just came back from an injury, but I also realize that she really doesn't need TV time. Uh, what else is on this stupid-ass pay-per-view? Uh, the Miro and Lance Archer thing, I think, for the, the TNT title. Um, I predict it's going to suck, and I don't give a shit who wins it. I doubt Lance Archer wins it. I feel like they're just going to keep running with Miro, and... I'm going to be frank. It's a little too little too late with Miro. I'm forever going to see him as a fucking moron at this point. I don't care how you try to push him and what company you try to push him. He's always going to be a blithering fucking idiot to me. Because you bitched and complained about how WWE used you and how they made you look. In a storyline that you had to fucking agree to, by the way. Yes, Vince can push and push and push, but you could have stood on your laurels if you really thought that, you know, Rusev, Lana, Bobby Lashley storyline was fucking stupid. And what's the worst Vince can do? Fire you? Okay, well, at least you would have stood on your morals and it would make sense for you to ride out and bitch on your way out about how you were used. However, I have to agree with Jim Cornette here. It becomes increasingly obvious since your debut here that you had no experience prior to WWE and that you really didn't understand a damn thing about wrestling because you don't know how to pick and choose your battles. So you thought you looked stupid over there in the love triangle thing and then came here and spent a fucking year acting as this little pipsqueak's wingman. You came in to be his quote-unquote best man in his wedding and spent a whole year looking like a low-card dipshit. Like, you honestly came in, and if you 
have this idea that maybe Vince McMahon didn't know what to do with you, you've kind of proven the opposite, that Vince McMahon understood that you were an idiot that was going to get in your own way and used you for what he could use you for and cast your ass aside. So I don't care how you try to build him as some form of monster now. I no longer give a fuck. First impressions mean a lot to a fan base. And if you spend a year looking like a fucking joke, you can't suddenly turn on the guy and in the span of two or three weeks expect us to take you as a serious threat now. I don't. And knowing that you so quickly bash how you were used in WWE, I think you look like more of a fucking moron when you don't come over here and do anything better or more interesting. Instead, you came over here and looked like a fucking dunce. So now that you're trying to look like a, a monster of some sort, I don't believe you. I, I mean, I, I've watched you in, well, not really watched, but I've kept up with the results of this shit. And none of it's been good. Nothing you've done came across as threatening, impressive, you struggled against opponents that you should have been absolutely bulldozing over. And I therefore think that despite Lance Archer's best efforts, the match is going to suck. Miro is probably going to retain, because why not? And no one anywhere is actually going to really give a fuck. Except the AEW apologists who are just going to swear that everything Tony Khan books on this show is wonderful, and it's fucking not. The Darby Allen and Sting match, I don't see them losing. Sting's first in-ring match since being injured at the accidental hands of Seth Rollins in the WWE. Actual, not cinematic, but actual match in-ring. I don't see Sting taking the loss. And frankly... Even with the loss, there's too much stock in Darby Allen for him to be taking a loss to Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page because who the fuck knows who they are or cares? At this point, we just want the blow off to this and it needs to be done. After this pay-per-view, that whole little angle needs to go the fuck away. If you want Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky to do something, fine. Put them in the tag division, but get them far and the fuck away from Sting and Darby Allen because we don't care anymore. Really don't care now, but we definitely won't care after the pay-per-view. Let Sting, let the baby faces, you know, Sting and Darby Allen get their fucking win and let it go the fuck away. Far, far away. I don't know what the hell else is on this damn pay-per-view, and frankly, I don't give a shit. Because I am i don't really want to watch this. This is torture for me, but I'm going to, to honor my word that a paying subscriber making a suggestion is somebody that I will listen to and, you know, give a show to cater to them on, I'll watch the shit. But I gotta say, like, there's... I'm not gonna be honoring the request to continue AEW indefinitely. I, I have to do literally anything else at this point. Right now, I'm just caught in the technicality. So... I don't think there's much else for me to ramble about except for the show itself. So we're going to get into the show and I'm going to try to make this review a little quicker because I honestly don't really want to go off into a tangent and, and be stuck reviewing this all damn night.
Okay, so breaking this thing down as we go. And if I missed some parts, it's because I fast-forwarded through it and didn't realize I missed the shit and didn't care to rewind and go find it. Um, so, Darby Allen versus somebody, Caesar Bononi, which I question. Who the fuck? is Cesar Bononi, and why do we care? Why? Just, eh, whatever. I, I guess Darby needed a win to keep his momentum going, or whatever. Um, Whatever. This is all set up for the afterbirth, which, you know, Darby has to do the thing where he wants to fight now. Okay, fine. We're used to that. That's not in and of itself stupid as fuck. Um... But everything that happens afterwards is Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky coming out, you know, and I mean, to their credit, they are, you know, able to remain as their uh, heel alignments. But um, usual cracks about, you know, not fighting for free. All right. that That's fine. That's that's a heel thing to do. That's not at all bothersome. But um what does become bothersome is the attack on them, the, the blindside attack again. At some point, one would think that Sting would figure out maybe one of you should watch the fucking ramp and one of you should look everywhere else. Because you've gotten jumped for like the past month, my guy. Like, it didn't, it, Sting didn't strike me as a complete and utter ineffectual idiot, but you're kind of booking him like one. Like, how many times can you get fucking blindsided before you figure out there's two of you, only one of you needs to actually look at the two heel jackasses, and the other two should be looking for literally anyone else to jump you. The Dark Order has to get involved, and, you know, who cares? I will say again, going into the pay-per-view, this match is not one that I give a fuck about, other than I just want it to be done. I want the angle to end. But see, something tells me that Tony Khan can't get out of his way here because he thinks he knows how to book a long-term program. In actuality, he doesn't know how to book shit. I can name, for you know, the people that listen because they know me from Gaia, I can name at least three bookers on Gaia that can actually book better than Tony Khan and all of us, myself included, have booked some off-the-wall fucking shit on Gaia, which we let slide at the time because it was a fucking role play. We've all done some dumb sh- We've done some really stupid fucking shit that would never take place in a wrestling ring, and while some of us did try and turn that around later and book more seriously, I'm just saying, even some of our wild shit does not compare to the fuckery that is Tony Khan's booking in this, this company, and... At least we actually knew how to make the stories go. We might do some shit that was unrealistic, but we could make the story flow together and make fucking sense. And if our programs at least lasted, you know, a year or two years, whatever the fuck, at least it was because, I mean, we only had monthly shows. So, you know, we didn't have, you know, we, we weren't running our written role plays on a weekly basis, by and large, in that environment. I'm going to again say Tony Khan would be better suited to booking in a fantasy-type setting in that, you know, like that, 
there's plenty of other role plays out there that have their own websites or own forums or whatever that he really could have stuck to rather than waste my fucking time with this company that just continues to bore me. Also, I forgot to mention this. I could have sworn there was a very big story that was released that said TNT executives had distinctly told Tony Khan they didn't want any more surprises. They didn't want any more surprise debuts because they wanted, you know, if you're going to sign a big name, basically, if you're going to sign a WWE talent, we want you to advertise that shit to try and pop a rating, right? But then he does this podcast today, you know, and advertises a bunch of surprises. Didn't they get mad at you when you did the surprise you know, debut of Christian and you did the surprise thing with Sting and all that. And they said they wanted you to announce that shit from now on. Okay. But we're going to get more surprises. By the way, has no one explained to Tony Khan I either that maybe you should try not over-promising and under-delivering because every time you promise a huge surprise that will shake the foundation of the business and all that, it's been very underwhelming. Because you made that claim when you signed Christian. As much as I like Christian as a wrestler, as, you know, a talent, he's not shaking anybody's ratings at this point. He's not shaking up the business at this late stage of the game. Like, sorry, but that you over-promised and you under-delivered. At this stage of the game, there are very few talents that you could sign that would be as grand as every announcement this asshole makes. And he's starting to really remind me of Dixie Carter. Does no one remember when TNA slash Impact Wrestling used to make these grand promises? And it would be some, you know, there was always this big, oh, next week we have something that's going to change the landscape of TNA wrestling or wrestling as a whole and blah, 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 blah. And it'd always be something underwhelming like, I don't know, the return of fucking Rhino or, or um, you know, something that had no real effect, that didn't even manage to pop a rating because eventually the fans saw through it. Hey, Tony, have you looked at your fucking ratings and the fact that they're not exactly skyrocketing now? If you keep promising things and you can't deliver on the scale at which you promise, it's kind of going to start to turn fans off, my guy. Just the thought, under-promise and over-deliver rather than over-promising and under-delivering. Because Lord knows I'm tired of you exaggerating. We're all tired of you exaggerating, Tony. But anyway, this as far as this match went, who, who the fuck cares? Like, I, I'm just sick of their usual bull. So next up, we have the Anthony Agogo and Cody Rhodes weigh-in. Question, why? We don't have weight classes like that in wrestling. What the fuck point is there in a weigh-in? Weigh-ins make sense in UFC and boxing where everything is sorted by your weight class. And you can't fight up or under your weight class without moving to those weight classes. A weigh-in in professional wrestling is fucking stupid. 
you can kind of get away with it when you have two ginormous motherfuckers battling, or if you just really want to overstate the difference in size. So, you know, when Big Show did that shit in WWE, you can kind of excuse that, like when he did it leading into WrestleMania 21 with Aki Bono, because he was wrestling a legitimate fucking sumo wrestler. So if you want to emphasize just how big both of them were, you can kind of let that slide, although it was fucking stupid and hokey then. If you fucking tell me that the Big Show was 500 pounds, I don't fucking believe you. If you tell me Akibono was whatever the fuck he was, probably going to believe you because it was a big bastard. So a weigh-in on these two motherfuckers makes no damn sense. And, of course, Paul White, better known to everyone that's ever watched wrestling as the Big Show because nobody remembered his fucking real name unless you were a, you know, diehard fan. He gets to officiate this. This is what you left WWE to do. You do commentary on YouTube, and you officiate dumb shit like this. You've done everything there was to do in WWE, so you had to go over to AEW, but what the fuck? Okay. And then everyone has to bring out this ginormous entourage because why not? So we have QT Marshall come out with uh, a go-go and, you know, everybody from his little school or whatever. Who cares? I don't care. No, no one gave a fuck. Cody comes out with his entire family entourage, uh, manager, mistress, uh, a whole bunch of people that nobody fucking cares about, honestly. And... The weigh-in, such as it is, puts them both basically at the same weight. Cody's at 218, and the Gogo's at 219, and I still am trying to understand why I'm supposed to give a fuck about this match. You know, if they had left the stupid-ass British flag thing out of it, and Cody had done that long, rambling-ass, nonsensical promo, I might have been a little bit more willing to give this match a shot, as far as me giving a fuck. But then all of that happened, and I, I don't give a fuck. Cody's promo, actually, that, that long-winded segregation and, and having baby promo made me give less of a fuck. I cannot think of, a, of any other time in wrestling history where I have watched a promo designed to build up to a match that made me give less of a fuck about the match itself. But here we are, and we have weigh-ins and stupid-ass comments. I don't care that y'all are basically the same weight. I don't give a fuck about this match. I didn't give a fuck about this weigh-in. Frankly, there was nothing that y'all were really going to do to make me actually give a fuck about this match, but this this makes me give even less of a fuck. Like, I could watch the pay-per-view and actually take a bathroom break during this match at this point, because who cares? Like, what the fuck was the point in any of this? Why are we doing weigh-ins? You have a moment of, you know, Paul White asserting himself against QT Marshall, but if you're going to have someone like him, and you're going to sign him away from the WWE, and you figure, okay, yeah, he can wrestle, but I don't necessarily want to put the world title on him, because why would you? Okay, use him as an attraction. Now, 
here's how you don't book an attraction, Tony Khan. You don't book an attraction to officiate a weigh-in for a match that no one gives a fuck about. And if we were going to give a fuck about it, we gave less fucks when Cody opened his fucking mouth and cut a promo that made no sense and had nothing to do with match. And because all of you are so fucking stupid in this damn company, you actually thought that the America versus Britain angle would work. Fuck you. Disrespectfully, by the way, fuck you. Because I don't care. I don't care. There's nothing about this angle that makes me care. And the fact that every Cody angle is getting redundant doesn't help matters either. He does the same shit over and over again. Frankly, I'd rather he just disappear for about six months and then come back with something new and fresh to do rather than, you know, the same shit every time. Have a match, get beat up after the match, get beat up the next week, whatever the fuck, come back, you know, build up to a revenge angle, come to the big show, win the match, go home. I, I don't, I, I, I could do with him going away now. Like, can he take paternity leave when Brandy has the baby? Like, don't come to work. Take a solid four to six months off. And then come back and do something different than any fucking thing your father did. Or if you're going to do what your father did, try and find somebody that's actually over to do it with. And maybe talk to somebody that worked with your father so you can figure out what the fuck made the angles work. Because everything you do here is emulating Dusty, but not understanding how Dusty did it and why Dusty did it. And not drawing any more money. Because you're not. It's just so uninteresting. So then this stupid-ass weigh-in is over, thankfully. And this is another program that I feel like after the pay-per-view, that whole program needs to go away. Cody, go do literally anything else. I, I don't give a fuck. Get off TV. Just go away. At this point, you're developing go-away heat with me. Because... I had higher expectations for you, not just because you're the son of Dusty Rose, but because you're actually a wrestler. So I thought you had a halfway decent mind for the business and might understand that doing the same thing over and over again doesn't fucking work. And I would, would have hoped that you wouldn't overestimate your own drawing power and ability. But then, you know, from the day that this company started, I kind of have gradually lost a little respect for Cody Rose because in the beginning, all you could do, all you could do was you and Brandy take shots at Triple H and Stephanie. And I'm not exactly a Triple H and Stephanie fan, but I'm going to go ahead and point out that while Triple H was never the guy, he still drew more money than you. And you're the executive vice president of a company that is basically playing at being the company that Triple H is an executive in. Ever since you had to do the, oh, I'm going to mock his elaborate entrances. And now you've taken it too over the top because every one of your entrances has to be elaborate. Bitch, it's regular TV. Just let your music play and walk the fuck out, asshole. 
And now you and for two nights only, because tonight and the pay-per-view, you're the American dream Cody Rhodes. Because in your mind, only you or your brother ever have the right to use that label. And that would be fair if either one of you were even as close to as over as your father was. Also, if you hadn't already used a play on that fucking nickname anyway, so saying, you know, being going back to being the American dream when you've been the American nightmare pretty much since you left the WWE, but and whenever you made your heel turn over in TNA, ROH, where the fuck it was, because I don't really care. There's this thing called redundancy. That's it, Cody. That was redundant. You were already the American nightmare. You already had American in there. You worked in the American dream thing, but it does not work in this circumstance when you're fighting a fucking British black guy, you blitheringly stupid dipshit. I had to take this chance to kind of blast you because as much shit as I give Kenny Omega and the Bucks, you've gotten just as dumb as they are. You've gotten as big of a head as they have. And even with the new TV deals and the moving into TBS and blah, 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 let's face it, you're not responsible for that. Tony Khan is because... He was already a billionaire before this company was founded. Well, correction, his father was a billionaire. So his money is set, pretty much. Because if this starts to go into the fucking red, his daddy's just going to step in and be like, yo, sell this to somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing. Because you and your executive vice presidents are idiots. That's pretty much how this goes. If we get to a point, which I'm not saying that you're in that point now, but I'm just saying if you ever get to that point, Tony Khan's daddy steps in and says, yo, y'all are hemorrhaging money and I'm not giving my fortune away so that you can play Booker. Give this away and this will go the way of WCW. Or maybe the way of Impact. Who knows? But as much shit as I give the Bucks and Omega, I have to give Cody shit too because you're an idiot. You're an actual fucking idiot now. And you have a very overinflated idea of how good and how over you are. Because you are good, but you mistake you being good for you truly being over and being able to actually draw money and draw attention and keep it. Eh, you're, you're turning us off, guy. You're turning us off. Go, go be humble. So when Brandy gives birth to that beautiful baby girl who is, in fact, going to be half black and half white, but in the eyes of all of America is black, yet blonde-haired dipshit. Take some time off. Get some perspective. Maybe go talk to some people other than your wife about some social justice issues. Preferably no one that works in this company. Go talk to some regular fucking people. And then rethink everything you said in that promo and maybe everything that you're booking for yourself because fuck, it sucks. Okay, the fuckery kind of just continues here. Adam Page against Joey Janela. I'm going to bury everything about this. I'm not going to be nice. I'm not going to be friendly. I'm not going to give any credit. Why the fuck does Joey Janela still have a job? Dude, Tony Khan, seriously, what the fuck are you thinking? Joey Janela isn't even over with your audience. 
with your hardcore fans, they don't even like this pudgy little fuck. He's not very good. But no, that's actually being too nice. I'm sorry. He's the drizzling shits in the ring on the mic. He has no charisma, no personality. He has a modicum of athleticism. Maybe. No one anywhere is clamoring for Joey Janela to be on their TV screen, let alone wrestling. And you put him against the guy that should be your top baby face, but you're so inept at fucking booking, and you have these idiot executive vice presidents in your ear, none of whom know what the fuck they're doing because they've never booked a goddamn thing, and have never, and let's face it, three out of four have never actually gotten themselves over. You've booked what should have been your top baby face that could really be the face and brand of your company into low-card hell. And I forgot that we were going to have an Adam Page versus Brian Cage match at the pay-per-view. Oh, joy. I don't give a fuck about this match. We knew Adam Page would win that. I mean, no, no, no. Let me let me backtrack on that. We hoped Adam Page would win this, but given your penchant for doing shit show booking, wouldn't have really been surprised if Janela won. But thankfully, Adam Page wins. Anything that, you know, that Joey Janela is on my screen for is too fucking long. I don't give a shit if it only lasted three minutes. It lasted too long. It lasted more than three minutes. I don't give a fuck how long it lasted, but it lasted too damn long. Joey Janela does not belong in wrestling. He does not belong on a TV screen. No one is fucking paying to see Joey Janela. His arrogance is fucking astounding because he actually thinks he's a wrestler. He's a go away. He's another one of those that was never officially trained anywhere, and you can tell. He sucks. So afterwards, there's the afterbirth, because, of course, the uh, Team Taz has to come out or whatever, and Hangman, you know, does the, the babyface thing and says if Brian Cage is a real man, he'll face him one-on-one without Team Taz, and Cage agrees, and I still don't care. I still don't care. I don't give a fuck, because I don't understand the purpose of this. Adam Page should have been being groomed to ultimately be AEW World Champion, and be the face of this company. He's the most promising baby face that y'all had. And he ruined him. All this shit with him siding or teaming or somewhat teaming with the Dark Order. And now he's feuding with Team Taz. Which, where is that supposed to lead him? How is that helping him build his stock? No offense to Taz, no offense to Ricky Starks, no offense to Brian Cage, honestly. But this is a low-card faction. Not low-mid-card. Right now, y'all are a lower-card faction. Who is this appealing to? How is this helping Adam Page? It's not. You see... No one explained to Tony Khan that you have to have people actually get over in order to get others over. So if you have people that are over, which you initially had people such as Chris Jericho, who was over, you know, prior to exposing himself in this company, 
you were supposed to use him to elevate others. So if you brought him in and you decide, okay, well, he's going to be my heel world champion. His goal should have been to help build your first, you know, to build your baby faces. That That's what his goal should have been. He's done none of, he did none of that. And in a situation like this where you have screwed the pooch, Adam Page needs to be working with someone experienced, heel, that we perceive as a threat to him. Now, you would say, some of you might say, well, if you look at Brian Cage, he should be. Yes, he absolutely should be a thre threat to anyone. He should also be in contention for the world title because, I mean, he held that belt that Kenny Omega won from that other little... Um, Shit show promotion. What was that? The uh, oh, the Impact World Title. Yeah, Brian Cage held that at one point. Now, granted, I understand that at no point while he was Impact World Champion was it on par with being. Well, I can't even say it's it wasn't on par with AEW's World Title because AEW's World Title was a year old. It doesn't mean shit. But under the auspices that it does, because you should. When you build a promotion, your world titles, you should talk like it means everything because it's supposed to. Brian Cage is wasted being part of Team Taz. Could he use a manager to talk for him? Sure. But if your manager... It, it, realistically, let's put ourselves in kayfabe here. If you're a former world champion... And in kayfabe, you decide that you're going to hire a guy to do your talking for you. If that guy can't talk you into a world title match, shouldn't you fire him? Somebody somewhere in this damn company needs to realize when things aren't working or they're not clicking or they're not making any fucking sense, ditch it. WWE does it all the fucking time and has for years. If Vince McMahon does not like something or he feels like, you know what, this thing here is out in front of the crowd, and this is not getting over. The crowd didn't like it. They're shitting all over it. You know what, this has got to go. He makes it vanish. He doesn't always do a buildup to make it vanish. He, he will cut shit off in the middle of it. Like, you know what, this, this, this doesn't work. It sucks. It needs to go away. And it goes the fuck away. Take that one bit of, of, it, of Vince McMahon and apply it across this company. If it ain't working, if it's not drawing me no tickets, if it's not drawing me no money, if it's not selling me no damn merchandise, drop it. If the crowd doesn't care, it, it, I mean, and use social media. So if social media doesn't care, if the crowd in, in the, the place, because they all have live crowds again, they don't give a fuck, make it go away, sweetie. Make, make it go far, far away. And there's just so much more of this show to review and so little fucks for me to give. Alright, I'm going to run through some of this shit in short form because I did a lot of fast forwarding here and there are things that I just, I don't care about. So let's start with Jade Cargill. Signing with whoever the hell Smart Mark Sterling is. God, this sounds like Vince Russo books this shit. And the sad part is we know he doesn't. 
because we know Tony Khan books this shit, but it sounds like shit Vince Russo would book and create. The fuck, guys? I'm gonna be honest. I don't give a fuck about Jay Cargill and her signing with whoever this lame, numbnuts motherfucker is, or her appearance six and zero or whatever undefeated. I don't give a shit. I'm not impressed with her. I, her promos are atrocious. She sucks in the ring, to be quite perfectly honest. She shouldn't be on TV. This is another uh, case of um, someone that needs to be in, in someone's wrestling school and still needs to be in the school off TV learning shit. Um... Let's see. What else are we going to cover here? Um, oh, yeah. Orange Cassidy refusing to defer his title shot. Okay, well, that was predictable. And, oh, your world champion got knocked out by a fucking joke. And the other contender. So you have an actual wrestler in pack, a wannabe or supposed wrestler in Omega, you know, Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang here, and then you have Pockets. Little, plain, boring ass, not actually over, unremarkable motherfucker that wrestles with his hands in his pockets has now taken down your world champion and the guy that should actually be the legitimate contender. And stands over them and poses with the belt. And again, I say, the fuck is this shit that I'm watching? Why am I watching it? Why does it exist? And why do you guys actually think that we even fuck about it? Um, and this is the main event of your pay-per-view. Your world title match is going to be decided between Twinkle Toes McFinger Bang, Pac, who calls himself the Bastard, because you can say bastard, so he uses that name, and oh, that's supposed to be impressive, and it actually, by the way, Pac, that's the stupidest fucking nickname in wrestling history. Well, not the stupidest, but it's definitely one of them, because so... It, it, it comes across as juvenile. It's, oh, I can swear because I'm not on, on WWE television, so I'm gonna call myself the bastard. Okay. Whatever. At least he looks the part, and he actually can wrestle. And then you have this dumb, numbnut motherfucker that wrestles with his hands in his pockets. This is the main event of a pay-per-view. This is the main event of something you actually want people to pay to see. Personally speaking, I think I would rather drink water out of a pot with a fork then watch this shit show that y'all are going to put on this Sunday. But because I'm a douchebag brother, I don't have much of a choice. And y'all can kind of expect me not to be nice to any of the rest of this. Um, Next up, in my list of shit that I'm going to talk about before I wrap this up much sooner than the other ones, because I just refuse to do in-depth shit with this. I, I can't take much more of this. Miro beats whoever the hell Dwayne Martin is for the TNT title. No one cares. Speaking of the TNT title, I read that someone did finally ask Cody Rhodes of all the fucking people what would happen to the TNT title when they moved to TBS? Would it be changed to the TBS title 
would another title be added and this goes away? What, what are we going to do? Well, no. Because they backed themselves into a corner and none of these dumb motherfuckers can learn from their mistakes. Cody informs us all that the TNT title will continue to be named the TNT title when they're on TBS. And he says they're also going to introduce another title, which he kind of hints at the fact that they have so many factions, which means they're going to bring in a trios title, probably. Or, let's face it, this is some Russo-level booking here. I wouldn't be surprised if they developed something that they basically call the faction titles. <sighs> Sweet Christmassy fuck. Okay, so... You guys criticize WWE. I've heard some of y'all criticize WWE because they have too many belts. As a matter of fact, Chris Jericho very clearly last year made a point that WWE had too many belts. And he said that you guys, for once criticizing his own company, had too many belts. Because he pointed out that the FTW title that Taz created and brought in didn't mean a fucking thing to the fan base, yet it's being used sometimes at this point on AEW television. Then you have the TNT title, the world title, the women's title, and the tag titles. So if you dumb motherfuckers can't figure out how to book the titles that you already have, please explain to me why you would need a trios title or any other title. You don't need any other belts because you can't book the belts that you already have. You've booked a pay-per-view, you bumbling fucking morons, where your world championship is between a motherfucker that has to point at the ropes every single fucking time he runs to them, a guy who, at his height, was only ever a cruiserweight champion in WWE, a company that is much bigger than yours and much more well-known and a guy who never should have gotten out of the fucking indies because he wrestles with his hands in his pocket and there is no booker anywhere at any other time in history on a national platform or a large platform even in the territory days there's no serious booker that would ever have allowed pockets boring dumbass to wrestle on their show the moment they saw him stick his hands in his pockets. There would have been an order going out to whoever the fuck was in the ring with him, which, actually, there wouldn't even need to have been an order. Whoever was in the ring with him the first time he did it would have just beat the hell out of him. So why are you adding more belts? Jericho pointed out, you know, when he made the comment about WWE having too many belts, you know, the solution to, you know, ratings problems and all that is not to just throw another belt in the mix if you can't book the ones you already have come explain to me why tony khan and cody rhodes and and kenny omega and the dumb fucks can't take that bit of advice to heart jericho don't know a whole lot about any fucking thing else but he was right in this particular instance we don't need any more belts that, that's not going to solve any of the problems here. There are enough belts to deal with what you have. What you need to fucking do is step your booking up, asshole. Figure out who the hell is 
actually getting over in this company. And now the crowds are back. That ought to give you a little bit better of a gauge. Who's over? Who's not? And before you actually worry about who's over and who's not, how about we look at the damn roster and be like, who the hell can actually wrestle? And wrestle a match that makes sense. And who looks like they just stepped in the ring for the very first time and, and have never done anything outside of maybe some backyard wrestling. And if they fall in that latter category, get them the fuck off TV. And there's a lot of them. If they haven't ever been professionally trained, they need to go get professionally trained. Unfortunately, that also rules out half of your executive vice presidents, or actually three-fourths of them, and the likes of Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, um, and a whole bunch of other unnamed motherfuckers that I don't, I mean, no one cares to remember the names, but Jay Cargo is definitely in that list. If she's been professionally trained, she ain't done. She need to go back. Things to consider. So anyway, with this dumb, dumbass TNT title match, uh, stupid fuck Miro retains. No one actually cares. Lance Archer comes out. Apparently they had some something of a brawl this time, but why? Oh god, I just I, I I can't bring myself to muster the fucks to give about this actual match. I don't give a shit which one of them wins. They had a much better thing going with Darby Allen as champion. I don't I don't see Miro elevating that title. But still we go on and then more segments. Um because I'm going through the notes here, so Sheeta has been champion for one year officially, so they gave her a new title belt. I'm also going to rip y'all for this one. Why? Why are we already switching belt designs? Your company's not old enough to switch belt designs, bruh. You've got like three incarnations of the TNT title already. Now this is the second or third women's title belt. My God, just pick a fucking design and stick with it for a while. Who the hell is in charge of that type of shit? Because do they understand merchandising? I, I I get it. We haven't had crowds in a while, but you, have, you just got a crowd back. Like, bro, pick, pick a fucking design for the damn belt and just stick with it. Let it run its course before you fucking switch it. Don't just give a bitch a new belt just because it's like, hey, you've held the belt for a year. Here's a new one. Why? And all I can say is, I mean, I semi-hope that, you know, y'all finally develop a brain and go ahead and put the damn belt on Britt Baker. But the way that she's kind of gotten herself over, I just feel like they're going to screw the pooch on this. And they bring Eric Bischoff back for a celebration of the Inner Circle, which, of course, has to go extremely hokey fucking stupid and... I'm starting to lose respect for a lot of people, especially the ex-WWE people, because a lot of you came out and criticized Vince McMahon. Oh, he's losing touch, or, you know, he wanted us to become this joke team, or blah, 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 blah. Okay, but you know what? Whatever Vince McMahon did to you still doesn't make you look half as bad as what you do to yourselves. Flatten the fuck out. 
this is exceptionally stupid. Because, of course, we have to have a kidnapping here, which... Kidnappings have been things in wrestling, but that doesn't make them any less fucking stupid. This time, we have MJF kidnapping Dean Malenko, because, you know, Dean Malenko is friends with Chris Jericho. In real life, we, we, we do know this. This is, that is actually a proven fact. They are friends. And, of course, this is the way for the Pinnacle to get some heat. Except, who the fuck, why? Why? They get ambushed by the Pinnacle and, you know, laid out to end everything. And I am here to ask once again, where are the fucks that I'm supposed to give? I've been looking for them all while I've been watching this show. I've been looking for a fuck to give. Pretty sure there was something in there about the Casino Battle Royal, and I'm, I'm absolutely positive I didn't give a fuck. I don't actually want to see this Inner Circle versus Pinnacle football field fuckery, because it's football field fuckery. Y'all, you did a, a feud ending match already. I don't want to see this shit. And, you know, Jericho's... Tenure in WWE is biting y'all in the ass because all he knows how to do is what he thinks would get over on Monday Night Raw. Except, now, and and I can't cover for Vince on this one. He's done a number of kidnappings throughout the years. Uh, Stephanie has been kidnapped a few times. Theodore Long, Paul Bearer. They've done quite a number of those. But that's the problem. You're doing what you did in WWE with a fan base who adamantly insists that they are sick of WWE. Yet, the majority of what's done on this show is actually shit that I feel like would be, you know, cut off in WWE or. No, 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 that's, that's the right way to phrase it. Most of this shit is the shit that Vince would reject. Or where he would take a piece of it and say, you know, I could do something with this idea, but let me tweak it so that it isn't quite as stupid, hokey, phony, or utterly bullshit. Now, I get that the Pinnacle had to find a way to get their heat back. But here's the problem. When you've already done everything in the angle, it's really hard for them to get their heat back. So all they could do is kidnap a motherfucker. And then sneak attack you. And here's the problem. This is killing MJF, Wardlow, and FTR. I don't give a shit about Sean Spears. No one gives a shit about Sean Spears. In my eyes, he's only in this group because clearly he must be friends with somebody in this. And they feel like he's talented in the ring, and he's going to be the guy that's always there to take the ill when it's finally time for them to take one. He's not going to be a star. MJF is going to be a star. FTR are the greatest tag team in wrestling. This angle demeans them. This angle is dragging them down. There are a lot of other things that they should be focused on. I mean... Shouldn't FTR be focused on the tag titles? 
And MJF has never held a title in this company. Now, the problem that you also have here is every single male champion in your company is a fucking heel. So you basically, you book yourselves into a corner because heel versus heel matches generally suck. Always. Always have, always will. Because it's two, two to four people that the crowd wants to boo. Fighting each other. Who the hell are they supposed to cheer? Can you make them work? Sure, if you're really good at what you do. But basically, Tony Khan's backed himself into a corner here. See, there's an, even if he were to stop this feud right now, which title could MJF go for? Because the TNT title is held by Miro, who's definitely a heel. And the world title is held by Twinkle Toes McFingerbang, who's supposed to be a heel, but I think she just go fucking, I don't know, dive headfirst off a stage and see how it goes. So MJF can't be champion because he can't challenge the heel champs. And also, I've heard no mention of any of their rankings in the stats, you know, on those rare occasions y'all bring up rankings. No mention of that. Maybe wins and losses don't actually fucking matter in this company. Because if they did, shouldn't MJF be fairly fucking high in the rankings? Considering the only loss he's really taken has been to Dean Ambrose or Moxley, whatever fuck his name is. And I think maybe that one tag match where he was teaming with Jericho. So in the entire tenure that he's been in AEW, he's only lost twice. Every other match he's been in, he's won. If numbers mattered, shouldn't he be number one contender over Pockets? And over Pack, for that matter, both of whom have lost quite a bit in this company. One of whom because he's a joke, and the other of whom doesn't realize, but he's being made a fucking joke. But this is supposed to be a sports space presentation, right? We, we were supposed to, this is a company where wins and losses matter, right? I call bullshit. I call other bullshit. And. This is why I really don't want to watch this shit. Because this is torture to me. And I'm going to explain to a few people why this is torture to me. Because unlike a lot of people who try to argue this with me, I didn't grow, I didn't start with the Attitude Era. No, 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 no. See, I started watching way back in 1990 when The Undertaker debuted. I was three. And it was the most impressive thing I'd ever seen in my life. Granted, a little hokey, but still. That's when I started. So I actually grew up, you know, and yes, Hogan was still around then, and I never, I was never a Hogan fan. I was never a Warrior fan. I was an Undertaker fan. I was a Bret Hart fan. I was a Shawn Michaels fan. I loved Ric Flair. Still love me some Ric Flair. Loved me some Roddy Piper. And... I knew who Dusty Rhodes was at the time, although I really understood him more when I got older. I actually liked Kevin Nash. Not saying he was the greatest worker, because he definitely fucking wasn't. Then, yes, from there, I did watch during the Attitude Era. So, of course, I love me some Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and Kane. 
I hit. I could take or leave Triple H to be quite perfectly honest, and I love the idea of DX mainly because I got in trouble for doing all the crotch chops in school, but wasn't that I necessarily like any one person in a group other than Sean. So I've been through all of this. I didn't come in at the end of the Attitude Era and think that was what wrestling was supposed to be. Meh. I've seen several different variations. I was never a fan of ECW. Ironic, I know, for those of you that know me from Gaia, but I honestly hated ECW. It was garbage to me. Still is. And for me, having gone through all of these periods of wrestling where it was hot, even somewhere it was low, because obviously the mid-90s were not the greatest for the wrestling business, story-wise, money-wise, drawing power-wise, none of that shit. But I've been through all of that. So I came in at the end of saying prayers and eating your vitamins and thinking that was bullshit. But getting, you know, The Undertaker and, you know, watching him, you know, feud with a lot of big men that honestly were the drizzling shits. But still, you know, I remember watching him against Bret Hart for the very first time and, you know, realizing he was more than just the zombie guy that felt no fucking pain. I loved his matches with Yokozuna. I remember watching Bret and Owen Hart for the first time. You know, obviously, I remember watching a lot of Shawn Michaels. Him against Marty Jannetty. Him against... Um, hell, a little bit of everybody. I remember watching him against Scott Hall in that ladder match. I remember watching him against Diesel. I remember, obviously, I loved him versus Bret Hart. All of them. Can't say so much about the screw job because, I mean, we know how that ended. But that, even that was fucking fantastic up until that point. I grew up where I could see things, a lot more of wrestling made sense. And I could see the things like, again, I don't glorify as much of the Attitude Era. Because when I go back and I look at those old shows, I realize I liked what Stone Cold was doing, what The Rock was doing, most of what The Undertaker and Kane were doing. Um, but I hated the rest of the show. I despised Sable. I still despise Sable. She wasn't even that damn attractive to me. Um, I hated the corporate ministry. I love the original idea behind the ministry. I hated the corporate ministry. So you can make those, those, those type of, you know, cult leader gimmicks work. You know what the fuck you're doing. So having seen wrestling at its absolute highest points, having gone back further, you know, with the use of the network when I subscribed to it, you know, before it got merged into Peacock and being able to view the good parts of WCW and the NWA, you know, before, honestly, you know, the Bischoff era. And even during the Bischoff era, I, you know, I've seen all of that. So when the NWO was the hottest fucking thing around, I, I saw all of that. Coming from all of that to this shit show that we see now. You can't really convince me that in... in JR's words, this is a great time to be a fan. No, the fuck it's not. If you mean because you feel like now we have a variety, newsflash, before AEW was a thing, we had the same pretty much amount of variety of shit to watch. You just added one more shit show to the mix. 
But it, in reality, you didn't give us anything different. We already had before your the creation of this company from W. We had WWE, obviously. Impact Wrestling still around. We had ROH. We had MLW. The NWA made its comeback. And then, you know, for those that like the hokey bullshit that Impact is doing, well, where do you think they got it from? We had Lucha Underground. Drizzling fucking shit show of a show, but we had it. A, a billionaire sticking his nose where it didn't belong does not make this a great time to be a fan. It is not a great time to be a fan. It's a shit time to be a fan. Because when Laps fans come back and view this shit, they make fun of it. And as a previously a lifelong fan basically of wrestling it gets a lot harder to defend what i see on my screen on all these companies now i can defend the nwa a little bit better but that's not really coming into the arguments here i can't defend what i see on AEW, and i can't defend a lot of some of what i see not a lot of what i see on wwe either i can't defend the fiend I can't defend this stupid shit with Alexa Bliss. I can't defend anything about Alexa Bliss, to be honest. Although, at least if a Laps fan tunes into WWE, they have an idea of what they're watching. They know what they're watching. They know WWE. When they tune into AEW, they're like, well, what the fuck is this company that thinks it's WWE, but it's really shitty at it? This is not a good time to be a fan. This is why I rant on this shit, because it sucks. When you've seen truly good wrestling, wrestling at what it was supposed to be, and you've seen it at its heights when, honestly, a lot of the product was the shits, but because the people that were on top were so red hot, you overlooked the shitty underneath program. The fact that underneath program was a thing, honestly, you overlooked all that shit because Stone Cold and The Rock and The Undertaker and Hogan and the NWO and all that were so hot, you could overlook the dumb shit underneath it because you were only watching to see those guys anyway. Now, I mean, who on AEW is it like, you know, know, I can watch this program just to see them? Nobody. And on WWE, really can't make that argument either. Theoretically, you could probably say maybe, you know, Roman Reigns. And if you get disagree with that, know why you're disagreeing and stop being a hater all your life. But he's he is the top draw in this company right now. Aside from the women. You know, and if I were going to watch WWE's programming, that would be what I would watch for, the women's division, because it's actually better than the men. But as a lifelong fan, it's hard to defend this shit, so it's hard to watch this shit. And personally speaking, I after you know I watch this pay-per-view, I don't intend to watch very much wrestling. Again, I may, you know, briefly, just to round it all out, review a couple of NWA shows, and I'll think about reviewing some WWE shows, but I have other topics that I find more interesting to delve into than wrestling at this point. So, I will leave you all with this bit of information, and that is this. I don't intend to really, after I review Double or Nothing, I don't really intend to do too many more wrestling reviews. I have other shows in the works. 
I have a live show scheduled for Saturday evening um, where Kit returns. Um, we will, it's really for her, but we're, I'm going to put it on my show too. And um, we're going to discuss love and attraction and all that. And with, you know, which parts of attraction are, you know, actually based on being attracted to something, which is prejudice, which is biased, all that good shit. Um, and I still have another show to record solo where I will speak on my latest book. I'm going to read a couple of poems and talk about their backstory and origin. So that's more of what I want to get back into. I don't want to do too much more of the wrestling because I'm burnt the fuck out on it. Okay, so... I actually went a lot longer in this show than I thought I was going to go because I was trying to make things quick. But as we have uh, f- should have figured out by now, once I start on a bit of a roll, then I just kind of keep going until I'm out and I'm done with it. Um, but as I said, we, we are, we're going to wrap up the wrestling reviews, at least for a little while here, because I am burnt the fuck out on all things supposedly wrestling. I'm going to, you know, do the other things that I'm a little bit more passionate about. I also, um, another topic was suggested to me about um, how do you approach a telling a friend that they need to go sit on somebody's couch? And if you miss the, what that means, how do you tell a friend that they need to go get some damn therapy that they go on through or the shit that they've gone through and they're, uh, the way they're responding to it, the way they're reacting, the way they are coping or not coping, they need to get some professional help. And I definitely, I, I got to do a whole show on that one. Um, so that's like good four, five shows or whatever to record in, in the coming weeks or whatever. Um, so on the lookout for those um i i definitely want to get back more into the therapeutic aspect of my podcast where i do things that are more therapeutic for me instead of frustrating beyond all fucking belief all right so wrapping this up y'all know the social media if y'all want to reach me um facebook twitter and instagram all at Draco's Den, spelled the same as the podcast name, and the website dracosden.com. Either way, if you want to send me some feedback, and if you have an idea that you want to contribute to the show, and you want to kind of guarantee that I go through with it, well, that's what the subscription option in the description is for. It'll bring you to Anchor, and there's a couple different levels at which you can subscribe. There are the more subscribers I get, the more features kind of become available for me to differentiate some stuff on here. But those are your options, guys. Meantime, I hope y'all enjoy this little ranting podcast today. Thankfully, you've only got one more coming up for now. Everyone be safe. Wear your mask. Use your hand sanitizer. Try to stay COVID free. Get your vaccine if you don't have some pressing reason not to get one. And I will talk to you next time.